Jeannie, I've got a question for you. Yes. How much money do you make? That question makes me super uncomfortable, Eula. Yeah, right? Because this is one of the unspoken rules of society. Do not talk about money, especially how much you make. Mm -hmm. Don't ask others what they make either. Don't talk about it. I read somewhere that people are more comfortable talking about sex than they are talking about their salaries. And I could absolutely imagine that being true. That's Rachika Tulshian. She's a journalist and an adjunct professor at Seattle University and the author of the book, The Diversity Advantage. And she says, if we're going to take fighting sexism in the workplace seriously, we have to start talking about how much money we make. Mm -hmm. Because even though we all hate talking about money like that, the reality is everybody who works has to negotiate pay. Yeah. In other words, if we want to get paid more, we have to talk about money. Here's how this played out for Ruchika recently. I was asked to speak at an event um, and I was asked to provide my rate. Ruchika is a freelancer like me. And in this negotiation, she asks... What are you paying your white male speaker for this event? And it turned out that they were going to be making at least five times what I was planning to ask. <gasps> and I, so I was I was lucky. Nobody's in the room with us because this is radio, but my jaw just dropped open. No, for real. Five times. And you weren't asking for five dollars and they were making 25. No. Right? No. It was a little higher. It was much higher than that. Yeah. Much higher. Okay. Problem solved, right? Just ask how much the white guy makes and then make that your pay. Wrong. Hmm. Totally wrong. Ruchika's story illustrates a huge problem. She was very lucky that she just asked and received. It's rarely that simple. Because when you look at the data, women don't get paid the way white men do. Period. We've all heard about this before. This is the gender wage gap. Yes. But just saying women and men don't get paid the same makes the wage gap sound simple. And it's not simple. This is Battle Tactics. For your sexist workplace. I'm Eula Scott Bynum. I'm Jeannie Yandel. And yes, your workplace is sexist. Even if it's not visible. And even if you, like me, work for yourself. Today, what we talk about when we talk about the gender wage gap. We're going to go deep on how the wage gap works and how the data is manipulated to tell just one side of the story. Spoiler alert, the gap is a lot bigger than you think. Also, we've got loads of battle tactics to help us all get paid what we're worth coming up after the break. Eula, <laughs> it's our first episode of Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace. This is really exciting. It is really exciting. Time to change the world. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. And so today, we're looking into the gender pay gap, how that gap is wider than usually reported, and how we can narrow that gap. God, I wish we could say we're going to reveal how to close gender pay gaps for good, but we do have tactics for making them smaller. Okay, but first we have to say, most of the time, looking at your pay and being able to confidently say, okay, I'm being paid less because of gender, that's hard. It's not that cut and dry all the time. I know. I just went back and looked at my own pay over the last 20 years of working and compared my pay to what I knew men who had the same job were making. Right. And for the most part, they were making more than me. I mean, at one job, I know for a fact the dude who had the same job made more than me because he was my cousin, and I got him the job, and I saw his paycheck. Genie. I know, but the crazy thing is, I still cannot say with 100% certainty that I was paid less because of my gender. I just can't. Yeah. And I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm really not. I mean, I've had over 30 jobs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> since I was 14. <laughs> Always in food and retail. And then one time I tried a grown-up job at a preschool. 
I made less than I did selling sunglasses. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted a career in early childhood education, but I didn't know that work is way underpaid, in part because it's mostly women who work in childcare. Hmm. Yeah. So for sure, we have enough life experience, at least, to have questions about the gender wage gap. Yes. And how to close it. Yes. So here's one thing we do know, Jeannie. So every year, the Pew Research Center and other researchers release numbers about the pay gap between men and women. Mm -hmm. right? And every year, the numbers show that... Women get paid less than men. Surprise. Not surprised. The number varies depending on where it's coming from, but usually it's somewhere around 77 to 80 cents to a man's dollar. Now, let me be clear here, you guys. We're talking about women being paid a lesser wage than men for doing the same damn work. Okay, that's actually not true. Women do not get paid less than men. Oh, God. Is this? That's right, Eula. It's this episode's random guy from the internet. This is important. Ladies, take a breather. <clears throat> I better get ready for this and buckle up. If Sally and Jim are working at Burger King, they're going to make the same amount of shitty money. If you could just hire women and pay them less than men, why on God's green earth would you ever hire a man? There would be literally no incentive to hire men if that was the case. There are a lot of guys with opinions on the gender wage gap. Now, before we get to the gender gap pay myth, and it is a myth, uh, a quick message to feminists. This is why people can't stand you including women. But the big picture here is women do earn less in America because they choose to. At least that last guy agrees the gender pay gap exists, even if he thinks we should blame women for it. Right. But, I mean, there are a few theories that are backed up by research and evidence. Here's one. Now, nobody's saying we can close all these gaps by being better negotiators, but there is some evidence to suggest it's a contributing factor. The Harvard Kennedy School did this large-scale study on salary negotiation, and they found that if a job listing didn't say the salary was negotiable, the women applicants just wouldn't negotiate. But the men applicants would. Jeannie, another big reason? Women get penalized for being moms. Hmm. Women are expected to take more time off to care for kids, Women are expected to quit their jobs more than men because of childcare issues. And studies have shown that, compared to men and childless women at work, moms are seen as less competent and less committed. But it's not just moms who get stereotyped at work. All women face more bias at work than men. Separate studies by the job recruiting site Glassdoor and two U.S. economists found strong evidence that workplace biases against women keep us from getting paid equally. Those unconscious biases shape how we talk about the gender wage gap. Even among well-meaning people, politicians and policy advocates who know the gender wage gap exists and want to fix it. Today, women earn only 77 cents on the dollar for what a man earns. And women are on average paid about 20 cents less than men. Women working full time earn about 78 cents compared to every dollar men make. But there's a problem here. There's not one single pay gap all women experience. Right. That 77 to 80 cent number is an average of a whole bunch of other numbers a bunch of other pay gaps. Allow us to demonstrate with Skittles. Okay, so there are a lot of Skittles in this glass here. Yes, 100 Skittles. And in this jar, there's 84 Skittles, or I guess 84 cents. That's how much money I make, a cisgendered white lady on average, compared to a white dude's 100 Skittles. I love that. Well, here's my jar with 63 inadequate Skittles. But hey, you forgot to mention your mom, Jeannie, so we need to take 18 Skittles out of your glass. Oh, right. And Eula, you're somebody's mom, too. So we need to take nine Skittles out of your glass. I'm a new mom. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't like losing more Skittles, Jeannie. But look at this. If you're a Latinx woman without kids, 
you only make 54 cents to a white man's dollar to start. Yes. And if you're queer or trans, well, let's just go ahead and take more Skittles. Oh, and if you're over the age of 45, let's take some more Skittles, too. I, I'm getting older every day. Yes. So it gets worse. <laughs> the longer we live, the worse it gets. Basically, everybody but cisgender white dudes are making less money. But even though all women experience some gender wage gap, as our Skittles demonstrated, it's not the same gap. Which leads us to another big question. Why do we just talk about one gender wage gap? Because it benefits white women, too. That's Ijeoma Oluo. She's a writer and self-proclaimed internet yeller. Internet yeller! Yay. Her latest book is called So You Want to Talk About Race. She says, how we frame the gender wage gap, that's 77 cents on the dollar, that's white feminism in action. Or, put another way, discrimination inside discrimination. And it helps white women to benefit from the low wages of women of color to say the overall number is this, because white women actually make much more than that. Um, And what they're counting on is that number being lowered by the wages of women of color. If you take the average, it brings the white women's number down a little bit is what you mean. So they can say overall it's, you know, 77 cents versus the 80-something cents that white women actually make. But then, you know, they only compare it against white men because it doesn't look good to also say, oh, yeah, white women actually make more than black men. White women make more than black men. I didn't see that coming when we talked about the gender gaps. We're talking averages here. But this really hurt hard when Ijeoma said this, because my partner is a black man. When we use that 77 cents on the dollar framing, we're overlooking the fact that he's not bringing home white man money. He's not even bringing home white woman money. So many black men are completely removed from workforce entirely due to our mass incarceration system and racial profiling and racial bias and job discrimination. All that puts an extra burden on black women's shoulders. My 54 cents needs to go even further. I mean, if all we do is highlight the fact that women overall make less than white men, we miss so much of this problem. The crazy thing is, Jeannie, we live in a country that loves money, right? Yeah. We're a capitalist nation. And there's a capitalist reason to close these gaps. A McKinsey Global Institute report found that more equal pay in the workforce increases the gross domestic product of the United States by 26 percent. In other words, closing gender wage gaps helps basically everyone. Why wouldn't we all want that future where we all have fatter wallets? I really like that future. Me too. I like it a whole lot better than the future Ruchika Tulshan described if we don't close these pay gaps. By some estimates, a, a girl born today will still face gender inequity if we continue at the rate of progress that we are. So I'm thinking about all the little girls I know. I'm thinking about my own daughter mm-hmm. and what kind of future they're all going to have if we don't all get our shit together on gender pay gaps. Well, you know, you're not the only one. Our editor, Jim, is thinking about this right now, too. He's just had a beautiful baby girl. Congratulations. But honestly, without all of us working to fix gender inequity. You're going to be supporting her until <laughs> till the day you die. <laughs> yes. And then, then on, she's going to live with you guys till she's 77. Just yep. so you know. Yep. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's I'm, I'm not really it's laughing. No, I'm, I'm crying inside. It's I know. the damn truth. We've gotten quite good at laughing while crying on the inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, it's a life skill. I feel like there's a lot of laugh crying in this episode. But Jeannie, you got to laugh, cry, and prepare as best we can, right? Because that's the kind of future we're facing if something doesn't change. And it's pretty easy to find out what our futures look like with gender pay gaps in existence. So according to the National Women's Law Center, if you and one of those random dudes from the internet had the same job here in Washington State for 40 years, he would make $950,000 more than you.
Ugh. I hate Skittles so much right now. Also, I hate that this pay gap problem is so complex and so big. I mean, I know we can start to chip away at the problem, but I need to know where to start. Let's get suited up, Jeannie. Yes. Coming up next on Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace. Battle Tactics Large and Small for Gender Wage Gaps. Guys, who's going to clean up these Skittles? A woman. Okay, so here's what I know. We can't win this fight against gender wage gaps if we don't all fight together. And I mean everybody, including businesses and politicians. Yes, because there are some factors of gender wage gaps that we cannot control, like other people's implicit biases. So first, we're going to talk about something we can control, negotiating for pay. Mm-hmm. But we should say this isn't going to fix all of the bigger problems, right? Yes, totally worth repeating that. Yeah, but it can help women on an individual basis. So negotiating is most crucial when you are first offered a job. It's the starting salary that future raises will be based on, right? So more money in the beginning means more money down the road. But advocating for yourself, especially when it comes to money, can be uncomfortable. It's better to be uncomfortable in the moment instead of resenting yourself later for not advocating for yourself. This is Jacqueline Twilley. She's an equal pay advocate and a negotiation strategist. She wrote a book called Navigating the Career Jungle, a guide to young professionals. And she's coached a lot of women through uncomfortable negotiations. And oftentimes when someone receives a job offer, that first offer isn't the very best offer. So the one thing that we can control is asking, not leaving any money on the table, And women aren't taught to negotiate. So when you just ask, you know, is this the best deal possible? You increase your chances of getting all of the money that's allotted to that position or to that title. In fact, Jacqueline told us when women are offered jobs, they negotiate less than 10 percent of the time. Compare that to men who negotiate more than 50 percent of the time. So negotiating is one thing. Jacqueline also says you need to do your research. Find out what other people make who do the same job as you. And Jacqueline says the best person to get that information from is... (gasps) Let me guess! The white guy. Jeannie, you are a genius. I recommend that women, especially women of color, go to white male counterparts and ask them, what are you earning and what are some of the perks that you're getting? Okay, I know Ruchika Tulshan suggested this, and now Jacqueline Twilley is saying it, but I'm not convinced that a guy is going to tell me how much money he makes. Jacqueline admits that some guys won't feel comfortable sharing their salaries. But she has a strategy for getting men to open up. Start by just throwing out a number and asking what they think about that number. In most cases, you're going to get one of three answers. They're going to say, yeah, that sounds about right. No, that's a little low or that's kind of high. Okay, so they're kind of they're going to benchmark you right there. They're not going to flat out come out and tell you exactly what they're earning, but they'll say, well, maybe you should think about this and maybe you should ask for this. And so by putting it out there, putting framing the conversation, which is so important in any negotiation, is how you frame it, how you present it. Framing it as I'm just testing the market and I'm trying to see what I can get, because now you're not being a competitor to this guy. You're just seeking his advice. And one of the things that research shows us about women negotiating is we do have to play into certain stereotypes, unfortunately. Mm. And so um, when you do this and you seek the advice of your male counterpart, part of what you're doing is playing into his ego. Now, I don't personally like that, but I see the research and I see what works. So until we have more women at the top, you know, uh, we have to kind of navigate this very strategically. 
So Jacqueline's touching on that discomfort around talking about money, but she's also talking about those biases against women we can't control. Mm -hmm. And I'll be really honest here, Eula, I'm not super into the idea of playing into a dude's ego, but what Jacqueline is saying here is if you know those biases about you exist, use that knowledge. That makes sense. And then when you're in a negotiation, no matter what offer you end up getting, ask one simple question. Is this the best deal? Jacqueline says that question works even beyond negotiating your salary. My mom called me a few weeks ago. She was with my grandfather at a car dealership and she remembered on something I had said, you know, if you freeze up and you don't know what else to ask, just say, is this the best deal? And then zip it. And she did that. And the car dealer actually dropped the price. And she was like, oh, my God, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) This is fantastic. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, those are just some tidbits. But personally, for me, one of the things that I will say as a woman, when you're building your confidence to have those conversations, start off with the basics. So call your car insurance, your renter's insurance, home insurance, uh, cable, cell phone provider and ask them, hey, am I getting the very best rate? And you will be surprised. Sometimes your bill might drop $10, $15, or they might put you in a better package. And I do that twice a year. Um, And so that's one way women can start getting comfortable with asking. And while that's a very simple phrase, that's how you have to think about negotiations as a conversation and not a battle. I love that. Think of negotiations as a conversation, not a battle. So we've been talking about negotiating your salary. But if you're a freelancer like me, you find yourself negotiating a bunch of jobs all the time. A few weeks ago, I got a call from someone who wanted to hire me for an hour-long training. I didn't know what to say, so I just threw out 100 bucks. Looking back, I'm sure I lowballed myself. So when we spoke with Ruchika Tulshian for this episode, I asked her what she thought of that. Nothing takes just one hour. So you didn't bake in your commute time. You didn't think about your preparation time. You didn't think about, you know, I'm sure there'll be a couple of emails or phone calls back and forth to decide exactly what you're going to be talking about. So you didn't make that time in. So it's never really an hour. Okay. So what you're really talking, what you're really telling me is that at least five to six hours worth of time was $100. Yeah. Is is that correct? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a no. That's not appropriate. Okay. So then what do I do? (laughs) So I absolutely, and over time, you, you know, you get good at this. You think of a rate that really reflects your time. You know, when things come your way, sometimes you're just grateful as a person of color when money is even offered because you're sometimes you're willing to change the world for free. A hundred percent. And I say this from a position of privilege. But really, the only way you're going to make a change is say, here's my rate, here's what I charge, and this is it. Start saying no. This is so smart. One, make sure you know how much time the job is actually going to take before you start talking money, right? And two, be willing to say no to a job. Those are good tactics, but so far, all we've talked about are smaller individual tactics. It's time to get into some bigger tactics and try and address those biases and systemic factors we cannot control here. Ijeoma Oluo reminded us that women alone cannot close these gaps. At the end of the day, men have the ultimate responsibility in addressing these wage gaps. And I firmly believe that social justice issues should be a burden on the oppressors. And you make it a burden 
by you start talking to your young boys the same way you talk to young girls about how this is and how they need to look out for it, how they need to be upset about it, how they need to be standing with women and girls. You know, we have kids, our kids start, you know, babysitting even at like 11. And you look at even the gaps between what you would pay a babysitter versus what you would pay a kid to mow your lawn. And sometimes you want to pay a girl 20 bucks to babysit your kid for the whole night, but you'll also pay a, a, a dude 20 bucks to mow your lawn for a half hour. You know, and then they start working professional jobs around 15. And absolutely, they must be prepared to have these conversations. Um, and I would say, honestly, tell your teenager to go ahead and break those rules about not talking about pay. It's an unjust rule. It's a rule built to make sure that they can continue to pay some people less than others. And I would say make companies justify that. Okay, bosses and managers, we're talking to you now. And not just men managers, all managers. Hashtag yes, all managers. <laughs> you can create a policy making everyone's salaries transparent, including your own. That transparency tells employees that conversations about pay are welcome and encouraged. It's also a starting point for you to make sure everyone's paid equitably. Yes. And you all need to be in this fight, too. And you'll actually make more money if you help us win. Yes. Also, write job descriptions that explicitly say the salary is negotiable. That Kennedy School study we talked about earlier found that women will negotiate at the same rate as men when the job descriptions say the salary is negotiable. And if you use any of these tactics we shared in this episode. So many tactics. We have a merit badge for you. It's really great. But we don't just give merit badges. People earn merit badges by mastering a battle tactic. That's an excellent point. So if you advocate for a raise. Or if you ask a white dude in your field of work about his salary. Or practice negotiation with your cell phone or your cable company. Or if you change the way you talk about gender wage gaps. So you talk about the biggest gaps first. Tell us how it went. Email us at btsw at kuow.org. And we'll send you our Pay Gaps Digital Merit Badge. Whoop, whoop. So, Eula, if you could design this badge, what would you want it to look like? Oh, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I have a gap between my front two teeth that I really want to fill with gold. My, my auntie used to do that. And I love the idea of us filling the wage gaps with gold. So maybe like two teeth with a nice little gold filling. Oh, my God. As a fellow tooth gap haver, I love that idea so much. <laughs> but we should also point out we have an amazing graphic designer here. And we do. she's going to make something really killer. So you can check it out on our Instagram at BTSW Podcast. It's going to be gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And if you want to learn more about gender wage gaps, we've got you covered. We talked about a lot of research in this episode, but we've got links to all of it in our newsletter. So subscribe at KUOW.org slash BTSW. And you know what? Maybe you have your own tactic for dealing with gender pay gaps at work or with any other facet of workplace sexism. We want to hear your story. We want to share your tactics. Share that story at our BTSW Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And Jeannie, before we go, I really want to say, in this long uphill battle of fighting sexism at work, I'm still willing to pull my load if you're willing to pull yours. Same, you up. Same. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> Battle Tactics for Your Sexist Workplace is a production of KUOW in Seattle. Our producer is the marvelous Caroline Chamberlain Gomez. Our editor is Jim Gates. These 100 Skittles are all his. You're welcome to share. <laughs> and Brendan Sweeney is our managing producer. Special thanks to Matt Martin. Our theme music was composed by Kessia Gordon. This podcast was inspired by the book Feminist Fight Club, written by the amazing Jessica Bennett. 
Thank you also to our wonderful guests, Ruchika Tulshian, Ijeoma Oluo, and Jacqueline Twilley. We'll have links to all their books in our newsletter. You know you want to read them. I mean, I know I do. Yeah. And keep up the good fight, you guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>